0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Pilates Elephants with Raphael Bender. Today I want to talk through how to get stronger. So this is I'm going to share with you my top 4 tips and uh, really according to science the things that act, the four things that actually matter so that you can get stronger yourself. Or get your clients stronger. And that this will, this, these tips apply and will help you regardless of your age, regardless of your gender, regardless of the stage of your menstrual cycle, regardless of whether you're postmenopausal, uh, and regardless of whether you are working out on a reformer or a mash or at the gym or on a Cadillac. These are principles. They're not specific. Uh, techniques. So uh, without further ado, let us dive in. So it really, really, really is simple. And uh, as somebody who's got a degree in exercise science and a master's in exercise physiology, uh, and I've read pretty extensively on the research on this because I'm pretty obsessed by getting stronger myself, uh, it boggles my mind how much crap is is available on this topic because it really is very simple to get strong. But, dear listener, I reckon unless you're truly an exception to to the norm, it's almost certain that you're getting at least one of these things pretty wrong. So uh, I hope this will help you a lot to get stronger uh, with Without really any extra effort. So if you're, if you're stuck on a strength plateau, like you got stronger for a bit and then you just basically haven't been getting stronger for a while, or if you're not getting stronger as fast as you want, uh, or if you're not sure how to help your clients get stronger, this will help you. All right. So let's dive straight in. And I'm, I've listed these out in what I think are the order of importance from most important to least important, but all of them are important so uh first thing you need is a stimulus you need a stimulus to to start the cascade of physiological events that results in you becoming stronger. So the physiological things that happen when you to make you stronger are uh, you get more uh, contractile proteins inside your muscles, you get stiffer tendons, you get more crosslinks between adjacent muscle fibers, you get better neural coordination. Uh, so there's a whole combination of things that happen to make you stronger. Uh, and they're all sort of put into motion by creating the right stimulus. And the stimulus is high levels of mechanical tension on individual muscle fibers. And for practical purposes, what that means is you have to do four or more hard sets per week. And we will talk about what a set is in a minute to a point of near failure. Now, near failure means basically when you start to involuntarily slow down, so not where it starts to burn, because burning is actually irrelevant to whether you're creating a sufficient stimulus for strengthening. So you can create a stimulus for strengthening with or without burning, and you can have burning with or without a stimulus for strengthening. They're just completely different things. So whether you're burning or not doesn't tell you anything useful about whether you're stimulating a strengthening response. All that tells you is you've got metabolite accumulation within the muscle. And metabolite accumulation within the muscle is not the stimulus for strengthening, or it's at least not the primary stimulus for strengthening. It may or may not be a minor stimulus for strengthening. The primary uh, stimulus for strengthening is high levels of mechanical tension on individual muscle fibers. And so in order to create that, we need to push our muscles to the point where they almost can't continue. That's near failure. So if you're doing push-ups, for example, when you get to your last kind of like two or three push-ups before you literally can't do another push-up, you start to slow down involuntarily. That is the point you need to get to with any given exercise, whether it's for your legs, your arms, your abs, or or whatever it might be, in order to stimulate a strengthening response. Now there is a little bit of gray around this and you know, you don't have to get within, you know, three reps of failure or two reps of failure. Um, there is evidence that you will stimulate strengthening even within like five or six reps of failure. But the, the closer you get to that kind of two to three reps to failure, the more stimulus you'll create. So going to you know, like, you know, two or three reps short of failure is better than going like five reps short of failure or 10 reps short of failure. So, you want to get to that point where you start to slow down, not because you're bored or because it hurts, but because you literally can't move fast because you're just so fatigued. Now, if you use a very heavy load relative to your strength, you can get to that point within three or four reps. Or if you use a very light load, it might take you 30 reps. Doesn't matter whether you use a heavy load or light load. What matters is you get to that point of near fatigue, so where you start to slow down. Now, if you're not getting to that point in some of your exercises, that's cool. You only need four sets per week to make consistent strength gains for the majority of people. Now, four sets per week per movement or per body part. So a balanced routine or a complete routine looks like an upper body push movement, like a press or a push-up, front rowing. An upper body pull movement, like a pull-up or a rowing movement. And then some kind of squat or lunge movement. Now, if you're doing all those freestyle, like free, sorry, full body movements, like not sort of like lying on your back sort of thing, uh, you will work your abs and your back as part of those movements. You can also do separate ab and back work. And there's heaps of that in Pilates, obviously, Uh, but you need to get each movement. So let's say a push and a pull for your upper body, a squat or a lunge for your lower body and some kind of ab curl and some kind of back extension. You need to do four sets per movement per week. So that's four sets of pushing, four sets of pulling, four sets of ab curls, four sets of back extensions, four sets of squats or lunges. And that's it. That's all you need to do. And so if you're doing Pilates a couple of times a week, you might only do like, you know, two sets of pushing, two sets of pulling, two sets of abs, two sets of back, two sets of legs on each day, right? And that might take you a total of five or 10 minutes, 20 minutes maybe, depending on which exercises you choose. Then you've got the rest of the class to do your mermaids and your splits and all of those other fun, gentle um, you know, mermaidy splitty sort of things. So you don't have to go to failure on all, all exercises or even on any exercises, but you need to get near failure four times a week per movement. And for the purposes of strengthening all of your muscles relatively evenly, an upper body push, an upper body pull, some kind of ab work, some kind of back work, and some kind of leg squat or lunge. You know, when I say squat or lunge, footwork, step ups lunges squats you know it's all it's all good so what about something you know kind of frilly and complicated like back rowing well you're going to struggle to get to within fail, near failure in back rowing because it is so complicated and there's such a high coordination element and it's generally done on a pretty light spring So I would say back rowing is not one of those ones where you are going to see significant strength gains if you're doing like the full original back rowing. But if you're doing something like a back rowing, like a variation, like a chest expansion type thing, or like a bicep curls, something like that on a reformer, um, you can add on more and more and more springs until you can only do a few reps. And then you get to that point where you do start to slow down pretty quickly and bam, then you've created a stimulus for strengthening. Do that four times a week total, and uh, you have met criteria number criterion number one. All right, so the first criterion and the most important is you must create a stimulus for strengthening, which is bringing a muscle group to a point of near fatigue. So that's when you start to slow down involuntarily, not where it starts to burn. And we need an upper body push and pull, a lower body squat or lunge, And, you know, if you want to, for good measure, you can throw in some ab curls or planks and some back extensions or back planks. All right, number two criterion is you must have sufficient protein intake in your diet. And sufficient, this is the one that uh, I reckon probably, unless you are making a very intentional effort to eat enough protein, you are very likely. Currently, not eating enough protein to maximize your strength gains. Now, the recommended daily intake of protein in uh, most countries is about 0.85 grams of protein per kilo of body weight or per 2.2 pounds of body weight. And if you eat meat or if you eat uh, vegetarian and you're somewhat intentional, it's pretty easy to get 0.85 grams of protein. Per kilo of body weight per day. So you know, if you're a 50 kilo person, you would need to eat, you know, 42 and a half grams of protein for the day to meet the minimum daily requirement. Now, that is the requirement to maintain healthy function of your bodily systems. That is not the amount required to maximise your strength gains. To maximise strength gains, you'll need something like two grams per kilo of body weight per day, or one gram of protein per pound of body weight per day. There's quite a bit of research showing that basically the more protein you consume up to that amount, the more strength you gain, uh, even with the same amount of workouts. So just simply increasing your protein intake will make a very significant difference, very likely, to how much strength you gain and how quickly you gain it. Muscle is built of protein. So in order to build muscle, you need to have protein or amino acids available in your bloodstream. Tendons are built of protein. Cross-links between muscle fibers are built of protein. So to basically, almost all of the physiological adaptations that are involved in becoming stronger involve building new structures out of protein, whether those structures are you know, tendon, collagen, or uh, you know, costamers link, cross-linking between adjacent muscle fibers, or whether it's actin and myosin proteins that contract our proteins within the muscle fiber themselves, the myofibrils. All of those things are built from amino acids, which we get from proteins that we eat in our diet. So if you don't have enough protein, even if you've stimulated your muscles to get stronger, well, if the, the building blocks, the raw materials of getting stronger aren't available, well, you're not going to get stronger. So you want to make sure that you have adequate or plenty, in fact, of those building blocks available. And that means uh, two grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day. Now, It's very, it's quite difficult to eat two grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day. Like you have, you don't do it by accident. Unless you are on the carnivore diet, you're probably going to have to, you're almost certainly going to have to be quite intentional about eating that much protein. Uh, So, you know, you don't have to supplement. Um, You can get that much protein from, we have dietary sources, but yeah, you know, really you be, need to be very intentional about how you eat in order to do that. Uh, so my strategy um, is I have a, a high-grade protein source, usually meat or fish or some kind of soy product, because soy is a complete protein as well, uh, with every meal, so breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I also supplement with whey protein uh, because whey protein is the highest quality protein in terms of it uh results in the best uh the biggest increase in strength um, compared to other sources of protein so it just it just it's there's nothing magical about it it just has a good balance of all of the different amino acids that are required so whey protein whey that comes from milk uh, is the is the best um, protein for supplementing it's also one of the cheapest so that's a good good option. Um, there are lots of other things you can get in terms of proteins. You can get plant proteins and, and they can be great as well. But generally, uh, the another benefit of whey protein is there's more protein per you know scoop um, than with plant protein. So you have to have more bulk of the plant protein in order to obtain the same amount of amino acids in your blood. Uh, and when you're trying to eat two grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day, that's a lot of protein. <laughs> so you get quite full So, um, yeah, I mean, go talk to a nutritionist or, you know, figure it out on your own. Uh, But because I can't give specific dietary advice uh, as to, you know, what you should eat at any given meal, but uh, increasing your protein intake to that level, two grams per kilo of body weight per day or one gram of protein per pound of body weight per day. So if you're a a 50 kilo person, you would need to eat 100 grams per day of protein to maximise your strength gains uh, and you unless you're very intentionally doing that already, you're almost certainly not having that much protein. Um, it's not something you can sort of accidentally do unless you literally have you know steak for breakfast lunch and dinner. Uh, so that is number two eat enough protein. Uh, I'm going to give an honorable mention to 2.5 which is spread that protein out across the day. So there is some evidence it's not it's not what I would call conclusive but there's some evidence. Um, from muscle protein synthesis studies that we maximize muscle protein synthesis with uh, about 25 grams of protein. So it, it, there is some suggestion that it's better to spread out that protein across the day. So rather than have like 100 grams of protein once a day, have like 25 grams of protein like four times a day, um, and you'll get slightly better results. Um, but the main thing is just the total amount of protein that you eat in a twenty-four hour period, but you know if it's all the same to you and it's no extra trouble, it's probably slightly better to spread it out every three hours or so, three to four hours, um, and with a you know twenty five grams or more of protein um, per per meal per serving. All right, so enough stimulus is number one. Four sets per week per body part. Where you come to near failure, number two is enough protein, two grams per kilo of body weight, one gram per pound of body weight. Number three, and this is the one that I think almost everyone gets wrong, uh, and it's very likely you're getting this wrong, uh, is eat a caloric surplus. Yes, a caloric surplus. Now, it is possible, there are studies showing it's possible to build muscle in a caloric deficit, but it is way harder than when you're in a caloric surplus. And it really, if you want to build muscle in a caloric deficit, not only will you build it more slowly, not only will it be harder to do, uh, but you must consume heaps of protein. Like you must get, you know, like those two grams of protein per kilo of body weight. It's, good. it's all going to be much easier if you're in a caloric Surplus. You don't need to be in a big caloric surplus, just like, you know, one or 200 calories per day surplus, which is not a huge amount. Um, But the mistake that I think almost everyone makes, and I would say this probably applies even more, particularly to women, um, is trying to cut weight and get stronger at the same time. Now, that is physiologically possible, but it is way easier to do what's called a bulk and cut. Cycle. So, what that, that bulk and cut is, what basically any professional athlete that is has strength as part of their, you know, requirements for their sport, and also has some kind of body weight limit. So, whether if you're in a weight category sport like wrestling or rowing or cycle or um, you know, boxing or whatever, uh, or if you're like a bodybuilder or a gymnast where you know weight is important and body fat is important. Um, and strength is important. What those athletes all do is they have a bulk phase where they eat a caloric surplus and they get strong, and that might go for a few months. And then they'll have a cutting phase where they'll go into a slight caloric deficit but keep their protein intake high, and they'll keep working out, and they will lose fat and but not lose muscle. And so they will—that uh, they'll end that bulk and cut cycle by having put on muscle and then... Put on a bit of fat as well, and then lost the fat and retained the muscle, and it, you end up. There's fairly abundant evidence that you end up uh, with this strategy. You end up with more muscle and less fat compared to if you're trying to lose weight and get strong at the same time. It's kind of you're kind of giving your body two different messages that are opposite because getting stronger is a is an anabolic process. You know, you're building, right? Uh, you've probably heard the term anabolic steroids. Well, that anabolic anabolism just means like building tissues, right? So we're building the muscle stronger. Whereas losing body fat is a catabolic state. We're breaking down tissues, right? And so anabolic state, uh, you know, we're trying to you know mobilise energy from our um, bloodstream and building block substrates from our bloodstream, like protein, into the cells to you know help them. Grow, whereas catabolic state we're breaking down the cells to get energy into the bloodstream and and substrates into the bloodstream. So, you know, they're really when you're trying to lose weight or even just sort of stay slim or whatever, and get strong at the same time, it's very hard because you're sending kind of conflicting messages to your physiology. So uh, it's way easier and um, way more fun. <laughs> So in my experience, to go through a bulking phase for a couple of months where you deliberately eat a caloric surplus and you make sure you get plenty of protein and you work out, obviously, uh, and you'll find that the strength will just stack on. And then after a couple of months, when you notice you've got a little bit of tubbier than you were before, but you're way stronger than you were before, then you keep working out, you keep eating the same amount of protein, and you just cut. Your total calories. So you cut some carbs, you cut some fat, or whatever, and you uh, then eat a slight caloric deficit. You know, so maybe you had a 200 calorie surplus for a couple of months, then you have a 200 calorie deficit for a couple of months. Uh, And, you know, the cutting is less fun because it's more fun eating more (laughs) in my experience, but uh, the cutting. Is you just do a, a, a mild cut, like you don't try and you know lose. If you try and lose a lot of weight quickly, you will lose muscle. But if you lose weight gradually, it's one. It's just easier psychologically, I find, and uh, also you will lose almost exclusively fat as long as you maintain a high protein intake and keep working out. You will lose almost exclusively fat. Whereas if you try and get strong and lose weight at the same time, you just confuse the shit out of your body and Uh, Although it is possible to do those things, it's just way harder and you have to be way more on point about your diet and your protein intake and your workout timing and all of that kind of stuff. So um, the easy way and the most effective way is to do a bulk and cut cycle where you do a caloric surplus for a couple of months or three months or or whatever. Uh, And then when you uh, get to the point where you're like, "Eh, I'm getting uncomfortably tubby and my jeans don't fit properly anymore... (laughs) That's when you go into a mild cut. Where you go into a mild caloric deficit. You keep your protein intake up, and you keep working out. And then for the next three months, you're on that you know mild caloric deficit, and you lose body fat. But all that muscle now becomes visible because you took the body fat off from on top of it. All right. So that for those are the first three big things: stimulus. You must get to near failure four times or more per week per body part. You need to eat two grams. Per kilo of body weight per day, of protein. Uh, for extra bonus, spread that protein out uh, relatively evenly across the day in you know 25 gram or or bigger uh, uh, servings. Uh, then you need to eat enough calories, and a caloric surplus um, is is going to give you a way better result in terms of building strength, uh, followed by a a cut phase will give you a way better result in terms of physique compared to just trying to do both at once. That is bulk and cut. The fourth thing I'm going to say is sleep. Um, And there is pretty solid evidence that uh, reduced sleep uh, is correlated with increased body fat and decreased uh, long-term performance in strength. So uh, getting you know, seven to eight hours a night of sleep will maximise your strength um, performance over time, uh, and you know that is pretty simple and straightforward. I don't have too much to say about <laughs> about that. Um, uh, I, w- I want to. Um, Finish by just giving an honorable mention to uh, one supplement, the only supplement that, uh, apart from protein, obviously, the only supplement that actually has you know, very good evidence behind it that it does help strength gains, and that is creatine. So um, creatine is certainly not certainly not required to get a lot stronger, but it does make it easier. And creatine is a very cheap Supplement. Uh, it is extremely harmless. It's been extensively studied in all kinds of people, including you know pregnant women, older athletes, you know, etc. It's very safe. It has multiple known physiological benefits, minimal side effects, to no side effects. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a very effective supplement um, for strength gains. Basically, everything else is a waste of time, or you know, of marginal value so you know things like branch chain amino acid supplements special workout techniques like drop sets pyramid sets etc like really all you need are these four things four sets per week per movement to near failure two grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day a small caloric surplus and enough sleep And that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is the magic formula to get stronger. So I hope you found that helpful. I hope you found that interesting. I'll pop a couple of links to studies in the show notes. And uh, if you have any questions, you know how to find me on Instagram. Link, Link there's in the show notes. Much love, and I'll see you in the next one. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends and you become known as the go-to expert in your area. This program is completely unlike any education you've done before, even if you've studied with us before, because of the way we've built the learning design. It's an online, flexible, skill-based learning program, which means